This is the house call. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Brick House. I'm here with Joe, and I'm here with Nick, and we're talking all things All-Star Weekend, and we're talking about a first-half recap as well, and we're also going to talk about a few notable buyouts that happened in the NBA and some and some notable players finding new teams. But first, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. We're going to start with these buyouts today because we had a few notable players in the NBA switching teams after the trade deadline because they got traded and then their teams realized we don't want you. You're too expensive and you're not that good anymore. So Russell Westbrook, he goes from one L.A. team to the other. He's going to the Clippers. He obviously gets bought out from Utah after the failed Los Angeles Lakers experiment. The Clippers needed another point guard and they got one in Russell Westbrook. So, Joe, what do you think about Russell Westbrook going to the Clippers? I think it's perfect. I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, I, I don't think Russell Westbrook is as bad as his Lakers tenure has shown him being and all of this getting passed around. I mean, the guy's a walking triple double a few years ago. So it's not like I think it's just a bad situation that he came from the team. Like we, we said it multiple times, just you're a good basketball player, but you don't necessarily mesh with the offensive scheme or the offensive game plan. Right. And I think that's what we're looking at here is that Russell Westbrook's the kind of guy who needs the ball in his hand. He's going to press really hard. He's going to, you know, make them run. And you have Kawhi and you have PG PG's played with him before PG loves playing with him. There's a reason I think that he chose the Clippers in general is because PG is there. I think Kawhi is going to mesh really well because he brings a defensive intensity that I don't think Russ really does. But at the same time, I think this is probably the best chance for Russell Westbrook to prove that, Hey, it wasn't me. It was the Lakers. That was the problem. And I actually think this is a place where he can do that. I really do think that Russell Westbrook may just get back to his form. I don't know if it's enough to really get the Clippers over the hump. You know, they're, they're always seem to be missing a piece. But, you know, the West got really tough really fast. And John Morant, you probably have a problem with the West now because everyone who was going anywhere went somewhere in the West. Yeah, it's listen, I think I think Westbrook is something they needed. They obviously needed a point guard, especially after they let go Reggie Jackson. I mean, they've been playing Terrence Mann at the point lately, and he's a he's a two or a three. So they definitely needed a point guard. But like you said, Joe, I don't see Russell Westbrook getting them over the top in the West. It's just the the West is too loaded. Plus, you have all sorts of injury concerns with that team always when you have Kawhi and Paul George. But we're going to transition to Patrick Beverly. Oh, man. Good old Pat Bev going to the Chicago Bulls. He got bought out from Orlando after a failed Los Angeles Lakers experiment as well. So, Nick, what do you think about Pat Bev going to the Chicago Bulls? I mean, the Bulls have kind of just thrown in the towel for the season, and this was a great way to cap it. What, what, other, what other player do you need out there that is bottom five in every statistical category there is? And you think he's going to help your franchise? Pat Bev should be out of the out of the NBA, and 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 yet they're signing him to try to save their season or do I don't know I don't know what it is, but it's it's not a good signing, and he uh, he's not going to help the Bulls at all. It it doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. Pat, like you said, Nick, Pat Bev is one of this year. He's one of the worst players in the league. He can't shoot. He can't defend anymore. Like Russ, like Russell Westbrook said a few years back, he's just running around. He'd be tricking y'all. He's not playing any defense. He just fouls and then talks shit. That's all he does. He doesn't actually play defense. So yeah, I don't know what the Bulls are doing. The Bulls have just turned into a horrible franchise. They have no idea what they're doing. They just have a bunch of random misfitting pieces. And that's going to lead to nothing. It's going to lead to a play-in berth at best, and then you're going to get knocked out in the first round, best-case scenario. So, uh, But we'll transition to a team that has a little bit more hope, and that's the Miami Heat. They get Kevin Love from the Cleveland Cavaliers, nine years from the Cavs with Kevin Love, and he obviously won that title in 2016. But I think this one could have a little more impact as far as, you know, he might be able to fit a little bit better because he can still shoot, he can still get some rebounds, but... He's a liability in the defensive end. And Miami is all about defense. So I don't see – listen, Miami gets to the playoffs. I don't think Kevin Love is cracking that playoff playoff rotation. Personally, I don't think any of these buyout signs are really going to make any impact on the playoffs or any impact on the NBA going forward. I think the Westbrook one is obviously going to be the most interesting just based on how you know high-profile Russell Westbrook is. But none of these signings are really going to make a difference on the NBA and who wins the NBA championship. But – they're cool to see because there's some big names moving moving to different teams. But we'll transition. We had some all-star festivities 
this last weekend and we're going to kick those uh, well some of them were festivities <laughs> the game wasn't necessarily a festivity but the three-point contest we'll start with that dame dalla damian lillard beats two pacers buddy healed and tyrese halliburton in the final round to win the three-point contest his first one ever he had 26 in the final round buddy healed only had 25 Lillard hit that money ball on the last shot to put him back past Buddy Heald before Halliburton had to go. So it ended up being an absolutely massive shot that basically won him uh, won him the contest. So, Joel, I'll start with you, man. What were your takeaways on this uh, three-point shootout? I mean, it's honestly the only thing I really enjoy watching during the All-Star weekend anymore. It, 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 the dunk contest has been absolutely garbage recently. And so the three-point contest, honestly, is it, pure shooters. And that's kind of what we have in the NBA. And when you talk about, like, hitting a big-time shot, that's just Damian Lillard, and look up, look it up in the dictionary. All right, look it up in the dictionary next to like you know that clutch big time shot, you know carrying the team, doing whatever it takes. It's Damian Lillard's picture right there all the time. The guy just hits everything, and the fact that he caps off and wins a three point contest on the money ball on the last shot that is a that is a Damian Lillard type thing, and like so. It's not surprising to see he won. When I saw he was in it, I was like, it's Damian Lillard's trophy this year. It, everyone else was just showing up to, to finish second or worse, and that's kind of how it turned out. But it's honestly the, my favorite festivity from NBA All-Star Weekend. Yeah, no doubt, especially like you said with you know the dunk contest. Although I've, I actually – we'll talk about it a little bit later. I actually like this year's dunk contest. But um, like you said, it, the, the, you know, it was Damian Lillard's show, and, and it would have been a surprise if he didn't win. Nick, what would uh, you think about this dunk contest, man, or the, this three-point contest, man? Um, you know, I, I love the addition with the, uh, with the extra, what, the, the, what is it, the extra ball that they did. Uh, yep. But I just don't – yeah, the four-point. I, I still just don't like how we're not seeing all the best shooters and some of the top superstar shooters in the three-point contest. I love seeing Dame out there, but I mean, when his really only other competition is Buddy Healed, it was it, it it was like a a no brainer to bet on Dame Lillard, and it was easy money. So uh, if you saw the odds, it was real easy. Um, I mean, Julius Randall was in it. Oh God! Did you see his you see his <laughs> son's reaction when he was shooting? When he was shooting the threes and he was bricking them, his son was like in, in having a nightmare. It was hilarious. Yeah, so I think that kind of just shows you what what type of talent is in the three point contest and what type of talent wants to to be in the three point contest. Yeah, it's it. I would have listen. I would have loved Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to be in there, but they they've participated in their fair share. And Steph's won one or won a couple. I think Clay's won one as well. So, and this was Dame's first one. So I'm glad Dame got a. He he'd been in a few before. I'm glad he got a. Uh, a three-point contest under his belt. But I want to give a shout-out to my man. You know who I'm going to give a shout-out to, and that's Tyrese Halliburton, one of my favorite players in the NBA. First round, he came out hot. He had 31. So shout-out to Tyrese. He ended up third in the competition. But my man Halliburton, he, hey, hey, we love you, Tyrese. That's all I got to say. But we'll <laughs> transition to this. Yeah, all, all love for Tyrese Halliburton. But we'll transition to this dunk contest, man. We had Mac McClung, a G League player come in and win the 2023 NBA dunk contest over New Orleans is Trey Murphy. Mac McClung just, just signed a two-way deal, uh, a 10-day contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. So we might actually start seeing him in NBA games. But I actually liked a lot of this dunk contest. I don't know how you guys feel. I have some personal feelings about, you know, stars wanting to be in the – wanting and not wanting to be and participating and not participating in the dunk contest. But – Joel, I'll go to you first on this one, man. What was your thoughts on this dunk contest? I mean, like I said, the three-point contest is the most inter- impre- impressive thing because everyone can shoot a three-point ball, right? Just about everybody shoots, you know, anyone worth a while is going to shoot over 30%. And it's going to be competitive regardless of who you got out there. Sure, we want to see the bigger names, but, you know, whoever's out there shooting the ball is going to be great. The problem with the dunk contest is that, you know, I, I've watched it throughout the years, and it has become more and more of a joke. Every single year, it's 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 gimmicky. It's nothing really spectacular. And the one thing I'll say is Matt McClung actually did something spectacular. I mean, he there's a reason he won. You know, he actually looked. He he like look, jumped over two people, grabbed the ball, touched the backboard, and then backboard. Sl- like reverse slammed it, dude. And like wild, right? Like that's that is the kind of thing I want to see, right? I remember you know uh, Blake Griffin jumping a Kia and stuff like that, you know, and, and like. 
Jordan taking off from the, the, the free throw line and, and like, you know, tongue out flying through the air. Those are the kind of dunks that I miss. Carter. Yeah. Vince Carter, absolutely dominating it. Right. And these are the kind of things that you just don't see anymore. Like John Morant, he posted it. Oh, what would it take for him to get into the dunk contest? A million, a million likes, or like a billion likes, something unrealistic, right? Like unrealistic. Who, like, why even say it, man? Like, I mean, we've all been clamoring for to see LeBron in the dunk contest because LeBron has some of the most iconic in-game dunks you've ever seen, and we've never got a chance to see it. And it's something that we're going to continue to not get to see. And I think that the biggest problem with the dunk contest is incentivizing the players to show up and incentivizing these these big-name guys to get in there and, and show the, the fans what they want to see because ultimately, I mean, all, all and I'm going to say this blanketly, all-Star Weekend in every single sport, I don't even watch half of it anymore because it's just gimmicky bullshit. I mean, and I'm going to go outside of basketball. Hockey had a golf thing, right? Like, they, they, they were – it was a so mystery. the NFL. Yeah, it had a golf – tell me what the fuck the longest drive has to do with the NFL. Who cares? All right, tell me what a par four has to do with playing hockey. All right? No one gives a shit, Okay. And like you just don't see it's it's gimmicky now, and and the fans are kind of meh about it. That's the reason the Pro Bowls look like the Pro Bowl now, right? I mean, it, it is what it is. When when the Pro Bowl featuring a bunch of NFL players gets less viewership than the opening weekend of the XFL, which I'm absolutely stoked about. I loved it. I don't know if you guys watched it, but that's the kind of thing we're talking about here at the NFL. The dunk contest is the same thing. The people we want to see do the dunks. We aren't seen. And I'm telling you right now, if John Morant, LeBron James, and some of these other guys that are out there doing these things in the game are in the dunk contest, Matt McClung isn't winning shit. I'm sorry. It was cool. Great job. But you ain't winning a damn thing against those guys, buddy. I am sorry to tell you. Matt McClung's not even in it because we have stars that we want to see in it. And, yeah. Joe, you brought up you brought up a great point. And, listen, I know me and Nick are both big LeBron guys as far as who's the greatest basketball player of all time. But one of the things that I – personally hate about LeBron is that he never did the dunk contest. Like you yeah. can't tell me 2008, 2009 LeBron, right. how athletic that dude was. He wouldn't have just absolutely bodied everyone in the dunk contest. And oh, I think yeah. that, and that in turn has led to John Morant and Zion Williamson and some of these other guys being like, Oh, I don't have to do it. Like, nah, like every single great player before LeBron did the dunk contest. We saw Jordan, the dunk contest. We saw Dominique. We saw Colby uh, in the dunk contest. We saw Vince Carter. Like we see all these great dunkers superstar players in the dunk contest and that's why we don't want to watch anymore i'm sorry i'm not trying to watch mac mcclung trey murphy the sims guy jericho sims and then i don't even remember who the other dude was uh Kenyon martin jr in the dunk contest like we want to see superstars in these events and it's so frustrating when some of the best dunkers even russell westbrook never did a dunk contest like russell westbrook Derek rose like these are some of those explosive players in nba history we never got to see him do a dunk contest that's so frustrating to me but nick what were your takeaways from this dunk contest man what a terrible what a terrible dunk contest that we had. I mean, everyone's saying that Mac McClung saved the dunk contest in All-Star Weekend. And I'm and I just don't wow. I just don't see I just don't see it because he's not in the NBA. He he won't even step on the on the court in the NBA. And then he he the second the, the runner up was Murphy. Who is Murphy? Who, who, Murphy's he's a he's a solid role player and a good shooter for for the Pelicans, but he's he's not a household name. No one Nobody no really one's knows. paying to see Murphy at All Star Weekend, and then the other guy, the two other guys who did yeah. even worse, like Sims and Martin. I don't know yeah. I don't know how to fix it, but if if we're not going to get the NBA superstars in, I don't know if Cut you it. guys I, I don't know if you guys saw Stephen A. Um, but this is one of the few points I'll agree with him on. He said. Open it up. Let these NBA players pick somebody off the street, have the NBA sponsor it, so they're given the winner a million dollars, the second place half a million, third place a hundred thousand, and we're gonna see some of the craziest dunks from uh like street street hoopers we've ever seen before because they're they're going for something that they've never got. We have millionaires, they don't care about a hundred thousand. Like right to, realistically, yeah. but like you have a guy that came from New York or off the streets from California. We've seen these dunks on the internet. So there's people who can do some crazy, crazy Very dunks good. out there. And maybe that's what we just have to do is get some, get some people off the street to, to do the dunk contest. It'd, it'd be more entertaining than seeing Trey Murphy and Mac McClung out there for me. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get <laughs> yeah, me wrong. There's... Matt McClung's been 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 dunking and has t- you know speaking of YouTube videos, he got tons of YouTube videos out there in high school and and just you know doing wild stuff with the basketball and and dunking and it's I mean, it, that's why he got into it. I mean, it almost felt like the NBA called up, you know, what is it? Was it the the 76ers or whoever signed him to the 10 day contract? And was like, hey, sign this guy so that we can have someone mm-hmm. who can do something in the dunk contest. And that, it almost yeah. felt like a 10 day contract purely for him to show up on All Star Weekend. Yeah. And that's exactly what it felt like. And listen, I actually, as far as the, 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 the purity of the dunks go, I actually liked some of the creativity of some of the dunks. Like like the one you mentioned, Joe. Mac McClung jumping over two people, tapping it on the backboard, reverse. That was nice. The uh, Martin Jr. kid had a nice reverse alley-oop with the wrong hand with the left hand. Trey Murphy, the steal from Alvarado, kind of, you know, him coming from behind the steal from Alvarado. That was kind of cool. And then Sims tried the two-hand in the cookie jar dunk, which was cool, but... Like you guys both mentioned, man, we need superstars in the – we need – next year we need Ja Morant, we need Anthony Edwards, and we need Zion Williamson in the dunk contest. That will be an exciting dunk contest. But until we get that, I'm I'm personally not going to be very excited about the dunk contest because it's just guys who we don't know, and we want to see superstars in it. But speaking of something that there were a lot of superstars in and kind of uh, failed to live up to expectations, that was the All-Star game. Obviously, we had the draft go before the All-Star game. Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. We had Team Giannis win 184-175 to 175 over Team LeBron. Team LeBron's first loss since he's been a captain basically every year since this All-Star game has started. But there have been a lot, of, a lot of complaints about this All-Star game. Coach Mike Malone of the, of the of Team LeBron, in fact, called it the worst basketball game ever played. And Jalen Brown called it a glorified layup line. So, Joe, I will start off with you on this one first, dude. Uh, what were your thoughts on... This year's all-star game. I mean, I completely agree with them. I mean, there's no defense, you know, and, and I think uh, Shea Gillius Alexander, I believe, SGA, uh, complained. He was like, LeBron doesn't play defense the entire time, and then I go up for, like, a spectacular dunk, and he decides to, to try to swap me. Like, but I got his number later. It is like, they don't play defense. They're not trying. I think one of the better defensive, like, things we saw was when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown guarded each other. Like they actually the looked part. like they, it actually looked like good defense and good basketball. That was the best part of the entire thing, right? They were having fun. They were playing good basketball, and everyone said it. You see more competition between NBA level players in a pickup game in UCLA than you do on prime national television in the All Star game because it's not about who plays better basketball. They think that we want to see them shoot from half court and do crazy dunks and do this wild passes and all this. That's not what we want to see. We want to see good basketball. We want to see the best go up against the best and play good basketball. My idea of good basketball is 99 to 98 at the end of the fourth quarter, not at fucking halftime. All right. I'm sorry. If you have scored 99 points by halftime, no one in in their right mind is saying, oh, this is a pretty good game. Because you want to know what? No one does that shit. Okay, I don't care. This is this is just a travesty. It is the worst, honestly. And the NFL, I'm mean, NFL played flag football. Okay, this is the worst All Star game, Pro Bowl, whatever you want to call it, of any sport, professional professional sport in the United States. Baseball is better. Hockey is better. The NFL flag football game is better because at least from a flag football standpoint, they're still playing football. You know, sure, they don't allow to tackle, but the flags still stop the stuff. You still have to play a sound game if you want to win. You know, they don't care who wins the All-Star game. It doesn't matter to them. They're out there, like he said, it's a glorified layup line. They're they're literally yeah. doing a shoot-around before the game, and that is the game. It's just a shoot-around, man, except for it's on national television. And then add in the fact that it was, what, seven hours of just garbage oh my god like i mean seriously i haven't i haven't been that displeased from having to, to to tolerate something for that long since i worked in a factory all right like like seven consecutive hours of just total bullshit that was that was like working in a foundry pouring steel into molds okay that was that was more enjoyable than watching what i watched last night and in fact at halftime i didn't watch anymore i stopped Dog, and they it, had it, a it, whole they had a whole ass post malone concert Halfway in between the draft is, and, and the game, and like, it was probably I, listen, better. I like some Post Malone songs. I don't want to listen to a Post Malone concert right now. I want to watch sorry. people play basketball. The Post Malone concert was probably better than the goddamn All Star game. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was. I mean, yeah, in, in I, don't, honesty, I don't know. I don't like, if, I, if I had just shown up, like, oh hey, Post Malone, 
great. This is awesome. Post Malone. And then I watched the Elster game. Like, you know, can we bring Post Malone back out? Because, you know, at least like, you know, he's giving it his all. You know, he's actually performing. He's doing the thing he, he loves to do, and he's doing it at a high level. Everyone else is just like, mm, defense doesn't matter. I mean, this is the same thing with the Pro Bowl, the reason the Pro Bowl went, went to a flag football game, all right? Because back in the early 2000s, you know, you had people laying the hammer on on punters trying to run, you know, fake punts and shit, all right? And then it got to this point where, like, oh, you, you can two-hand touch, but you're in full pass. No shit, they went to flag football. Basketball, you can't go anywhere else. You can't do anything less than what you're already doing, okay? Like, that's how bad it is. And, and just to Nick's point about the dunk contest, bring in some of these guys from L.A. You know, bring in some of these guys who play, you know, outside basketball and stuff and, and, and Santa Barbara or, you know, all these things like that. And bring the guys in from Brooklyn. that the celebrity Brooklyn. game, though? No, the celebrity game celebrities. I'm talking about actual, like, street basketball players because I'd rather watch a street basketball game because at least those guys are giving it. They're are you getting watching that, it though? done. Yeah, Are you probably. Watching that? You're gonna watch I mean, that. I'd watch okay, it. Okay, I'd, hey. I'd watch it over this. You t- you kidding me? To you. If they were like, "Hey, you guys want to watch some real basketball, or do you want to watch the All Star game?" Real I would basketball. watch. I would watch it if every every All Star starter had to handpick their own guy to to represent them in the All Star game. Exactly, something like that. Anything that is actual <laughs> basketball, bro. Because this is literally a dumpster fire that couldn't be put out with like any sort of form of and like fire suppressant material okay this is the worst think about that the worst all-star weekend festivities of any professional sport ever yeah case was uh listen the game was uh the game was bad i'm not denying it but i personally don't want to just watch some random dudes i would rather watch the nba guys play because listen i think the I think the reason why this game was boring the entire way through is because it was never really close. Team Giannis was winning the entire time, and then you just saw Team LeBron kind of give up, right? And, you know, it was a, it was a lopsided game up until it kind of got somewhat close towards the end. I'm not even end, playing but basketball. But, but listen, the, the last couple of seasons, the fourth quarter of those games have been really, really good. Like, we saw the one where it was Anthony Davis – he gets like it, they were going back and forth. Anthony Davis ended up getting fouled and he had to make the free throws to win it. We saw the one where it was a one point game. LeBron was in Cleveland. He had to make the fadeaway to win it. Like those were really, really good all-star games because the fourth quarter was so good. The first three quarters were shit. The first three quarters of every all-star game are always shit because they were just trying to get to the fourth quarter. But okay. if you can get to the fourth quarter and it'd be close, then it turns out to be a good all-star game. This one, it wasn't close. Getting let, to the let me fourth tell quarter, you so it was a shit how, all-star game. Let me tell you how bad this game was. Okay. Four quarters, and you want to talk about competitive basketball, there were seven personal fouls. Yeah. Total. And one of them was right away with Giannis because he was hurt. He dunked it, and then he fouled just so he could get out the game because his wrist was hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, there were literally six not, like, legit – or six, like, not take fouls, essentially, that were, like, real basketball. Never – in a basketball game, an actual competitive basketball game, where there'll be only six fouls, unless the refs just fell asleep and woke up occasionally, okay? That's not going to happen. That tells you everything you need to know about this game, right? Jason Tatum took 30-some-odd shots. Never have I ever <laughs> seen Jason Tatum take 30-some-odd shots, okay? And 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 just for context, John Morant took, like, four. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah. have I ever seen Chopper and take only four. Okay, so like nothing about this game is exciting. Nothing about this game is real basketball. There's a reason that that, that a coach in the NBA said this game isn't is the worst basketball game ever. In that that Jalen Brown, obviously one of the biggest stars in the game. I mean he's he's right there as one of the best duo is the best part of the best duo in the game is probably a one on his own team because he's that damn good said it was a glorified layup line yeah. i mean the only person who was actually excited about the game at the act when it ended was jason tatum because he won a all-star game mvp and he was like kobe did it i did it and it meant a lot to me to be able to do something that you know a guy a person someone who meant so much to me did that's all it was i mean and and like the nba wants to make this worthwhile make them find a way to get them to be competitive to actually compete because yeah, you know it was it wasn't good it, it just was not it was it was not a, a competitive game and it's something that 
I don't know how they get to the get them to be more competitive. I think it's got to they they got to find a way to get it close in the fourth quarter because then when it's close in the fourth quarter, I think we see the competition come out. But Nick, what were your thoughts on this game, man? I mean, you got you, both of you guys have just said it I'm, so far. I mean, it was just so underwhelming. We we have an All Star game and we choose the best athletes in the NBA to represent the NBA in over a weekend because you're, the talent is so so amazing that we want everyone to watch it but when the talent is so underwhelming where it looks like you like joe matt and me could all go up there and drive right past tatum or drive right past lebron and do a layup what what's so special what's so special about all-star weekend when we're not even getting see we're basically seeing no talent actually we're just getting to watch like a a glorified harlem globetrotter team it's yeah. essentially watching a read through of your favorite movie, but only in script. Like all the actors are in the room, they're acting out their parts, but you get none of the CGI, you get none of the special effects, and they're all holding their scripts. And you're just like, well, this movie sucks now. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, that is, if there was a, like, literally, that's what it is. It is the screen reading of a really good movie because we all love basketball, but this is, this is a walkthrough of what basketball is. And, and it's, and, and the NBA is trying to package this turd. As like, hey, it's it's still basketball. It's a, it's really good stuff. You're gonna like it, dude. It, you put a turd in a box and you wrap the bow on it and and try to tell me it's the same thing that like I get every other day when I watch real basketball. It's not. You 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 cannot sell me that that is anything of a product that you want to have. And whoever is sitting there inside like their like front office and the press office of the NBA and like the marketing team and like, hey. We did good. Fire that guy because he has no I fucking clue what we want. And and the players obviously don't want to be there because if they if they wanted to be there, they would play a real fucking game. Yeah. Like half of them get to the All Star game like, oh my god, dude, I got to play. I don't get the time off like everybody else does. I had to be in Utah. Valid point. Three fucking days. <laughs> Ugh. I don't like, know. If, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Adam Silver gave him a deadline to show up on Saturday. And usually every other All-Star weekend, it's been Friday. Not only did the players wow. miss Saturday, they showed up on Sunday morning because that's how much they don't care. Yeah, wow. they didn't yeah, want to be there. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it was – listen, I think part of it too was because Giannis was hurt and he played for 10 seconds. He got one bucket and then LeBron didn't play the second half. But it was ugly, man. There's no doubt about it. And I don't – like we were talking about, I don't know how you fix it, but it wasn't good. Give a shout out to Jason Tatum, though. New All-Star game record, 55 points. He hit a double nickel in the All-Star game. That was cool. Damian Lillard ended the the, the game as well with a Dame time three, kind of how he ended the three-point contest. That was cool, but it didn't make the game any better. It was just a lot of a lot of nothing, a lot of filler. I, did, I had it on, like, kind of in the background, and it never got good. I was waiting for it to get good. Never did, and it was a really, really frustrating watch. And the NBA, you got to do something about it because it wasn't good. And I guarantee you none of the ha- the, the fans are happy about this one because it was ugly, but we'll transition to something that we actually want to talk about. to stuff that's actually good. Okay. We're going to do a first half recap. And for me, a first half recap means a lot of awards. And I know the all-star game technically is past the halfway point, but it just kind of feels like the first half and the second half of the season. So we're going to break it down first half of the NBA season. And I think the best way we do that is with some awards. So we're going to start off with the coach of the year, Nick, I'm going to go to you first, man. If you had to vote right now, who's your coach of the year? Oh, this is easy. Joe Joe Mazzula from the Celtics. How do you 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 came you came in after a coach got fired and it was a huge scandal in the offseason. People were saying, "What what are the Celtics going to do?" No worries. We got we got Joe, so he's he's going to play it cool and he's going to win the the coach of the year award. It's a hard to argue with that one. I might I may have one to combat that a little bit later, but I'll go to Joe first. Joe, what do you think, man? uh, He took it from me. That was my guy. That's the, I'm wearing the hat, you know, like that's he interim head coach, you know, turmoil inside the organization, a lot of scandal, a lot of headlines, you know, the players are, are completely distraught because the guy that they had, you know, rallied behind and done everything to obviously made a 
massive error in judgment and did something that was unprofessional. And it, it really put that team into a, a, a tailspin. And they're like, oh, hey, Joe, you're going to come in here to all this. You know, all the players don't understand what's going on. They're confused. They don't get it. And this is a team that was just in the, the, the finals last year. And, oh, yeah, you're just going to lead them to the best record in the NBA. No big deal, bud. Uh, yeah. So it's got to be Joe Missoula. I mean, to, to come in there in such a situation, to deal with the things you have to deal with and get everyone on the same page, and you're a, you're the only team, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this top five in both offensive and defensive rating. You are the have the best record in the NBA, and you've been that way the entire year under your tutelage. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you make an argument against him. Hi, it's me ready to make an argument against him. Uh, Of course it is. You're both wrong. You're, you're both wrong per usual. Um, Listen, I get it. Okay. You could easily be Joe Missoula. I mean, considering like you guys said, the situation with Udoka in the preseason, now they have the best record in basketball. I get it. Okay. But they were this good last year too. And they made the finals. This team is stacked. Okay. I think a lot of coaches maybe wouldn't have as much success but they would still have a lot of success with the talent on this roster, okay? Another one who should be mentioned is Mike Malone from Denver, okay? Taking into account, Denver was a team that we might, like, thought may have been a four or five seed in the West this year, and they have the best record in the West. He should be in consideration. But my pick, Mike Brown from the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings are the three seed in the West. They're the three seed. These dudes haven't made the playoffs in 16 seasons. And I'm sure there are people who thought before the year – these guys are going to tank for Victor Wimbanyama. Right now, they're in the three seed. And right now, and they're out of the play-in, but in a good way. They're actually in the playoffs. They're not out of the play-in, like, out of the playoffs. They're out of the play-in, like, they're in the playoffs, firmly in the They're going to host a series, bro. They're, they're <laughs> going to host a goddamn series. The Sacramento Kings. The Kings fans are going to be lighting the beam and shit. All hype in the playoffs. So, for me, I got to go with Mike Brown. It's tough for me to not go with Mike Brown in this one, considering how bad the Kings have been for the last almost two decades now. You know, and it, I feel bad because I was talking the Kings up so much on one of our previous episodes, lighting the beam, all this stuff. And then I completely went biased with my Celtics fandom. And you're right. I, I actually like that pick. I thought you were going to say something stupid like, you know, Greg Pop down there in, in San Antonio, <laughs> just based on your bias. And I was like, I was going to be like, oh, there, bud. <laughs> but no, I do like that, that. That is a really good pick. Sacramento is doing something that no one thought they could do with people that no one thought they could do it with. So. That I mean, it would not surprise me if if Missoula or Brown, one of the two, won it. I would not be surprised at all. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of good candidates this year. There's a lot of surprising teams this year. So give a quick shout out to a few of them. Definitely Joe Missoula, definitely Mike Malone from Denver, and definitely my man Mike Brown from Sacramento. But we'll transition. Most improved player from the NBA. In my opinion, there's three pretty good options here as well. Nick, I'll go to you first on this one, man. Who do you think is the most improved player for the 2023 season so far? Um, yeah, there's a few guys you could go, go choose from, but, uh, I'm going to have to go with the guy that's in Utah, Lori Markinen. He averaged four, not even 15 points last year. I was thinking it was like 14.8 and he's jumped to 25 points per game, over 40% shooting from the three as a big man. I mean, Utah, they, they found a hidden gem in that trade because I don't think they thought Markinen was, was, was going to average 25 a game. So great, great, uh, great guy that they got. And yeah, I, it would be hard for me to see anybody else winning. Yeah. Markinen for me, he it's between him and another name for me. And I ended up going with Markinen second. So I want to see where Joe lands on this. So Joe, who is your most improved player in the NBA for the season? You know, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think, right? I, I had an idea and now I'm, I'm just at a loss, you know, and I, I wanted to joke, like, oh, LeBron, LeBron's the most improved player, you know, just to see you guys laugh a little bit, but that just, that's stupid. You know, LeBron's been LeBron forever, but I mean, that's not a bad pick. Markinen down in Utah, I mean, the guy is absolutely carrying that team. He He's stepping up in a major way. And I was like, I was like, maybe Sabonis in Sacramento, he's been a really big part of that, you know, but he's kind of averaging the same thing. He's shooting significantly better, but his points per game is, is pretty similar to what it's been the last couple of years and stuff. So, I mean, I wanted to say Sabonis, you know, just because, you know, how good Sacramento is doing and, you know, that, but that's a team coming together as a team, I wouldn't really say it's a bonus, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have to go with Nick here, man, Markinen. And, and, and down there, I just got to go with Markinen. He's been absolutely like, destroying. Yeah, I like the Markinen pick a lot. And for me, there was three candidates. The first one I'm going to get to 
is part of my bias, okay? Tyrese Halliburton, I wanted to mention him again, okay? Because he's one of my favorite players in the league. And he's improved this year, but not like crazy like the two other guys I'm going to mention. He's averaging like two and a half points more, a half an assist more, and he's actually a little bit less efficient from three in the field. So I think he deserves to be mentioned, but he's not it. And then there's a guy you guys talked about, Laurie Markkinen. He's averaging 10 more points and three more boards than last year. His field goal percentage is up. His three-point percentage is also up from the year before. And he's also averaging a career high from the free throw line. But the reason why I didn't go with him is because I think he's just getting a lot more opportunity because he's more of the focal point in the offense. He wasn't the focal point last year in Cleveland. Now he's more of a focal point in Utah, and he's getting about five more shots up per game. So the reason why I'm going with Shea Gilgis-Alexander as my most improved player is because I think he's the one who's actually improved his game most in the NBA. He's only averaging 1.3 more shots per game than he was last season, and he's averaging six more points per game. So his efficiency has gone way up. He's averaging more blocks. He's averaging more steals. He's improved his free throw percentage by 10%. He's shooting 91% from the free throw line this year from 81% last year. He's shooting 4% higher from three, and he's taking less threes because he realized what the strength of his game was, and it's those it's that mid-range game for Shea. He's averaging 5% higher from two this year because he's taking way more twos, taking a lot more mid-range, and this dude's got OKC in the play-in mix right now at the 10 seed. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't name very many more players on the Oklahoma City Thunder than Shea Gilgis-Alexander because he's absolutely carrying this team. And you could say the same thing about Laurie Markkinen, but I, there's a few other guys on that team. you got Clarkson, you got Colin Sexton, you got a couple other options. But I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander, based on where he's at right now, I think he's definitely got to be in strong consideration. It's either him or it's Markkinen. One of the two has got to be most improved player in the NBA this year. But we'll transition Defensive player of the year. There's a few different options on this one. Joe, who do you got for the defensive player of the year in the NBA this year? I mean, obviously, I would, nothing would make me happier to see Marcus Smart uh, repeat, but that's just not going to happen, all right? The guard the guard position is so difficult to win when a defensive player of the year, so the fact he got one is great. I, I would not be surprised if it goes back to Giannis. Uh, you know, the guy is, a, is an absolute defensive monster. He's a freak on the basketball court in general. There's a reason that's his nickname. And it would not surprise me if he got another defensive player of the year award. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like a, a, a cop out pick, but I, I do think that it's a possibility for him to win it this year. And I do like him as a favorite. Yeah, he's probably, I mean, he's probably the best defensive player in basketball. So it's hard not to give the defensive player of the year to that player, but I've got a different idea of who I'm going to go with. So Nick, who do you think you're going to go with for uh, defensive player of the year so far? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with a guy on the Bucks, but it's not Giannis. Um, I'm going to go with Brooke Lopez. I just think what he's doing with, with blocks right now is, is incredible. And, uh, if he keeps up his pace, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt that he's going to get up there like close, close to the total, uh, the NBA history and total blocks. So I know, I know he's not on pace right now, but he, he's leading the NBA with, I think, well over a hundred as already. And uh, I think he'll just continue that just because how the Bucks play defense. Yeah. And he's in Giannis and, and him and, you know, the guard drew holiday, like their defense is just incredible because of all the great defensive players that they have. But I'm going to go with one who's actually technically leading the NBA in blocks per game this year. And that's Jaron Jackson Jr. from the Memphis Grizzlies. He's leading the NBA in blocks per game with 3.3 and blocks and steals combined with 4.4 So because he's averaging 1.1 steals per game as well. And he's on one of the best defenses in the league in Memphis. I got to give him his props, man. He's been playing some great defense out there in Memphis. That's who I would pick right now for my, uh, for my, um, for my defensive player of the year. And he was the last pick in the All-Star draft last year. So I want to show him a little bit of love, too. Hopefully you're not a little too down after getting picked very last in the All-Star draft. But we'll transition. Sixth man of the year is the next award we're going to go to. Nick, who is your sixth man of the year? Mm, sixth man of the year. Um, I'm going to have – I'm going to kind of think right now. Who? Oh my goodness! I'm having a a a, a brain fart. Who's uh? Who are the top three candidates right now? Uh, it's uh, Brogdon, Russell Westbrook. Um, there's somebody else too. Hold oh on. yeah. So I would. I'm. I'm gonna. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Brogdon has absolutely been killing it. That that's been one of the best trades, and he's he's like another facilitator 
uh, in, off the bench for the Celtics that can can even produce in clutch time. I think he. I don't know if he's still the leader in three point percentage this year, but he. I know for a fact he's still he's top five. So, uh, dude, dude's a stud, and he the. The, the way he runs that offense, I, I almost think he's better at running the offense than Marcus Smart, but I like what Marcus Smart does on the defensive end, so we we have to we have to keep Smart in. Definitely, yeah. I, I, I like Brogdon as well. Brogdon's my pick as well for six-man of the year. Like, from, from what you talked about, he shoots the ball well. He controls the offense really well. He's a great defender. He's the perfect fit for that Celtics team, and I don't like – giving the Celtics props because I know you two are Celtics fans, but I got to give Malcolm Brogdon his love and, and, and the, the, the GM his love as well for bringing in Brogdon. That was a great pickup, but Joe, who do you got for six man of the year? I'm with you guys. It's Brogdon. I mean, he's, he's playing eight minutes less than he did last year. And I think nine minutes less than he did the year before he's, scoring five less points, but he's shooting 4% better from the f- from the field. He's shooting 45.5% from three-point range, which is the highest total he's shot in his career, from my understanding. You know, he's absolutely the best player coming off the bench in the NBA, and I don't know how anyone can argue that with the kind of production he's putting up. He's completely killing it right now, and I just don't – I think he's running away with it. I think that as long as he doesn't get hurt, as long as he continues to do the things he's doing, it's a unanimous. He is the sixth player, the, the sixth man of the year. There's no yeah, way I think that he a, doesn't get it. I think a lot of people are going to vote for Russell Westbrook just because he made the the transition to sixth man and he's putting up really good numbers as well. Um, but we'll see if he's he's sixth man in LA for the Clippers. He'll be um, a we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I think he'll be a starter as well. But we'll see how that works out. I think if he still comes off the bench, people are trying to. People are rooting for Russ, so I think people are going to have a little bit of Russ bias as far as, you know, he's he's been slung in the mud a lot, and people want to give him an award. So I think he could be up for, you know, the sixth man of the year. But right now, I think as far as actual the, the player who deserves it most, it's Malcolm Brogdon. But we're going to transition to the MVP award, and we've talked about this one a lot. I know there's a few guys that I have in mind, and I know there's a few guys that you guys have in mind. So, Joe, I'll start with you first on this one, dude. Who's the MVP right now? It's got to be who I said it was before. It's it's all Nikola Jokic, man. It's it's the Joker. The Joker is the guy. I mean, he is doing. I, and it's and you know the sad part is is that if the only reason he doesn't get it is just going to be because it's too just what he does, and that's what everyone thinks of it. And so they're going to try to give it to someone else. They're gonna they got this sort of like you know just acceptance that that's what he's going to do year in year out, and the and just lose the whole mystique of it being incredible that a center is doing the things that he's doing. And I'm going to stick with this the entire season. That's the guy, unless he gets hurt or, you know, someone looking at you, Luca, or looking at you, Jason Tatum there in, in Boston comes out and just does something absolutely mind boggling. And the, the back end of this year, the Joker's taking home another MVP trophy, man. I just don't see how anyone who is a basketball fan can vote against him. Yeah, he's definitely the front runner right now. There's another guy that I have in mind, but that you actually didn't mention. But Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, who do you got on MVP? Who's your MVP? Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm right there with Joe. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I would love to see Tatum a little do a little bit more so i could crown him uh as my mvp but i'm gonna have to just go stay with stay with the joker just because he's averaging a triple double they're undefeated when he does have a triple double I believe it's 21 and 0 uh and counting and uh it's just it's just hard to argue they're they're number one in the west Jokic is killing it um i mean the only other guy that i could see having a dominant stretch over over the last half end to to take it is 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 Giannis, but be, besides Giannis doing something absurd, it looks like Jokic is gonna you know have be back to back to back MVP. Three in a row, yeah. It would be the first one since Larry Bird for a back to back to back MVP. Nick, you basically took the words out of my mouth. Uh, it would be Jokic for me, but Giannis is second for me right now. It's Jokic. Because he's averaging a 25-point triple-double on 60% shooting on the best team in the West. I mean, it's hard to not give that person my vote. And, I mean, I saw a stat where he's had one game all year where he's shot less than 50% from the field. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of efficiency coming from Nikola Jokic, which it's, it's insane. But Giannis has to be in the middle of that conversation as well. Because right now his team's on a 12-game win streak. He's half a game behind the best team in basketball being Boston. And his second-best player, Chris Middleton, has been out most of the year. 
and he's averaging 32, 12, and 5 on 54% shooting and is a far superior defensive player to Nikola Jokic. So people are sleeping on him because he's the best player in the league, and I think they just expect it. But you could easily argue he's having the best year of his career right now. And listen, Luka was in that conversation for a little while, but he's out now. With them being the seventh seed and now with them adding Kyrie, I think that's going to take a little bit away from Luka. But I think it's, it's definitely got to be it's got to be Jokic right now, and it's got to be Giannis second, in my opinion, because Giannis, he's I think we're taking Giannis for granted. We're just coming to expect Giannis being Giannis, and we're we're sleeping on 32, 12, and five on the second best team in basketball. So, but with that being said, I want to talk a little bit of finals right now too. We haven't talked a, a lot about who we think is going to be in the NBA finals. So this is the halfway point in the season, or, or technically more than that, but it's the the by default, halfway point in the season, okay? I want to hear your guys' NBA Finals predictions. Nick, who you got coming out of the East? Who you got coming out of the West? Shouldn't be a shocker. We got the Celtics coming out of the East. Biggest, the most depth, the best star, star duo, and, and Tatum is going to show why he uh, he is, he why he is capable of being MVP. In, in the playoffs, he's going to have multiple 50 point per point games uh, in, the, in the in the playoffs. And uh, he's going to take this one home and it'll be against KD and the Suns. And so we're going to we're going to have Celtics in six and the NBA's finals against the Suns. Man, you had multiple. You think Tatum's going to drop 50 on multiple occasions in the playoffs? Yeah, I just, love it. Just like he did, I don't know if he had 50 last year, but I think it was 48 against Giannis when uh, when Giannis also had 40. So uh, Tatum Tatum rises to the occasion, and I think he's waiting for for his uh, for his second chance. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting, very interesting. Joe, I'm going to go to you, man. NBA's finals prediction, if you had to predict right now. I want to say the Celtics out of the East. I really do. I really do. And I'm a Celtics fan. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the standings, right? And I'm looking at how good Giannis is playing. And it's hard for me. It's a it's a coin flip, really, in the East. I can see the Bucks or the Celtics coming out. And realistically, it's going to come down just to which superstar has a better series. And right now, Giannis is, is playing better than I feel like Tatum is. And that's kind of where I'm feeling at. So... I'm going to say right now the Bucks come out of the East. Seven-game series takes it. They ended up coming out of the East. Winning in, they win it in Boston on the road, go to the finals, and they are going to face, and it's because I should have remembered them for Coach of the Year, and I didn't do it. But I think the no. Sacramento Kings are going no. to the finals, baby. I think that they are going to get this thing done. It is going to be the just Cinderella story of the West. They're the three seed. We keep waiting for them to fall off, and they just are not doing it. They don't play defense very well, but you know what? They're scoring points. They're winning games, and they're coming together as a team. And I'm telling you right now, man, if you were sleeping, and I think a lot of teams are sleeping on the Kings. I think that everyone says, you know, they're not – they don't know that Sacramento's these guys. That's who they are right now, man. Sacramento's got that dog in them, and it would not surprise me to see them have a chance, especially when you think about some of the matchups that that some of these other teams are going to have to have to pass it. And, and there's a lot of teams in the West right now that that gap is closed. But, I mean, I think that the Sacramento Kings have a shot, and I am going to ride this train until I'm proven wrong. And I obviously can't choose the Suns because I said they're going to get swept in the first round, even though they got Durant. So I'm out on the Suns. We already know what Denver does in the playoffs. They fold all the time, you know. And besides that, the Lakers are 13th right now in the standings, so they have to, like, try to climb just get into the play-in. The, the Golden State Warriors are, are dealing with injuries. Everyone knows what Memphis has got going on. The Clippers, we don't know how that's going to work out. The team right now that I feel like is playing very well, that granted they don't have a superstar, but they're as a team, it's the Sacramento Kings. And I think that, you know, if Mike Brown does win coach of the year, the little icing cherry on top is taking them to the Western Conference Finals, knocking off some team that they shouldn't have been up, going up against and going to the finals against the Bucks. Wow. Uh, 
You're doing too much, Joe. You're doing too it's much. Happening, Listen, bro. We, we we can we can I'm gonna, lo- I'm we gonna can... show up in my J in my Williams jersey, white chocolate it. it the entire time. I'm telling you, I'm gonna get Listen, one. it's gonna happen. We we can like the Kings, okay? And I appreciate the Kings. I love the Kings. The Kings are a great story. They're very they warm my heart. My heart it's gonna is be even greater thirty for thirty after they win, man. <laughs> but after they lose in the first round, it's gonna be really, really tough to be like Oh, you know, but I predicted the Kings to go to the finals. You know, that's you're you're doing too much. The Kings are not going to the finals. It's hey, they haven't hey. been to the playoffs in 16 years. They're not just going to book it and go to the book finals. Market, bro. Book market, bro. Oh, God, I will definitely remember that you said that. But oh, yeah. as far as my prediction goes, I thought I was. I thought you were both going to pick the Celtics. I was so ready to be like, yeah, the Bucks are going to beat the Celtics, and then us have an argument. But Joe picked the Bucks. Like, what the? Where in the on, Celtics man? hat? Where in the Celtics hat? Oh. Pick the Bucks. I mean, what, what the hell's oh, wrong? Oh man. So oh, I'm gonna. God. So that that kind of ruins the luster of my Bucks pick. But I said it at the beginning of the year, the the Milwaukee Bucks are winning the title. There's no reason to change it now. They got the best player in basketball. They got a great supporting cast. They're on a 12 game win streak. And they're just a half game back of the Celtics, and they've been missing their best player, their, their second best player most of the year. And Giannis has missed some games. Drew Holiday's missed some games. And they're still just a half game back. So I got to go with Milwaukee in six in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they are going to play the Denver Nuggets. They are my team out of the West. They've been the best team in the West all year. And always Murray and Porter, they, they don't always, always look, look good. good. And they, 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 they look didn't look good, good last until they get. They look good until they get into the playoffs, and they look way worse. <laughs> as well, bad as we think they look in the regular season. <laughs> the last time they were all healthy, they made it to the Western Conference Finals, and then they <laughs> ran into LeBron James, who doesn't really lose in Conference Finals. So it's going to be tough for someone to beat the Nuggets, considering that Murray and Porter Jr. are healthy. Aaron Gordon is playing really well. They have a solid supporting cast. They have a really good three-point shooting. They're going to be what looks like to be what we just talked about, a future three-peat MVP and Nikola Jokic. And listen, the Suns are going to take too long to gel. They're going to have injury concerns, in my opinion, and they don't have enough depth in defense. The Warriors are too too much drama, too banged up. The Lakers, like you said, Joe, they're already too far back. Memphis Grizzlies are a bunch of bitches. I don't care who else you bring up. It's going to be the, the Nuggets are the team you have to go with. But once you get to the finals, I'm sorry, 